Welcome to the Chad Marketing Podcast, your number one place to learn actionable strategies and tips that help you have more profitable conversations with your customers. This podcast is here to help you grow your business by better understanding your customers, speak to them on another level, and grasp the opportunities that lie in the chat marketing industry. And now, let's get chatting with your host, live from Melbourne, Australia, successful chat marketer and entrepreneur, Dan Pinney. Hello, folks, and welcome to episode 20 of the Chat Marketing Podcast. We've officially graduated out of our teens and now we're into our 20s. Hey, I really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure you do so. Head to marketingpodcast.chat forward slash subscribe, and you can subscribe via your favorite platform there. And we've got just the guest to celebrate this milestone who is upgrading chatbots using artificial intelligence. Liz Carter is the founder of Grow Online, a fully conversational AI agency that works with Shopify brands in the beauty and fitness industries. This interview is fascinating because it shows just how far and how fast AI is evolving from just answering questions and FAQs to actually delivering an incredibly personalized and effective relationship with our customers. There is a lot to unpack here, so let's get into the chat with Liz Carter on all things artificial intelligent conversations. Hi, Liz. Welcome to the Chat Marketing Podcast. Hey, Dan. Nice to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to delving into this topic, particularly around the AI space, because I think a lot of people are really interested in it, are a little bit yeah. worried about how it actually affects their business and a bit confused as to how it works. So we will get there. But before we jump into that side of chat marketing, can you tell us a little bit about where you've come from and how you've got to this point in your chat marketing journey? Of course. So I am actually an accountant at my core um, and my career has been diverse, if you can call it like that. But if we're to talk about chatbots only, Back in 2016, it's right when like Facebook opened the automation for Messenger, I was launching my online fitness business. So I was very passionate about nutrition, calories, obsessed with calories. So, you know, why not? So at the time, I had joined a one-year mastermind, fitness mastermind, where I was taught most of the skills and the platforms um, that I kind of went back to when I decided to open my chatbot agency, funnily enough. So I learned to build chatbots in ManyChat. I learned Zapier, Automation, and I was doing everything with chatbots, Facebook ads, driving traffic to my webinar, sending reminders, follow-ups, and even coaching my clients in ManyChat. <laughs> um, I also had no idea of policies, terms and conditions, and you know things were going through like a gray area, to say so, <laughs> back then. So I was pretty much breaking every rule that would get you in very big trouble <laughs> these days. But um, it was a great exercise that really allowed me to, I guess, set my imagination free. And what I loved the most was the creative process of it. So I did that for a while. And, you know, fast forward to mid-2018, I had some personal things happening in my personal life. And I closed my online business at the moment. And I jumped boats again in my career. So I jumped into the Microsoft space where I was leading implementation projects across Australia for one of Microsoft's ERP solutions. But one year into that, I, I, I kept having this feeling, which I've had for like a long, long time, that I was still meant to have my own business and pretty much do my own thing. So, you know, I, ju I just hadn't found the right business model to resonate with me. So I quit my job. <laughs> um, I uh, opened a marketing agency 
And I was doing pretty much everything for every business. I, I think you you can resonate. You know the how it goes. Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever <laughs> people ask. Yeah, no worries. I can do that. Of like course, everything. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Gyms, med spas, running ads, also some messenger marketing, because I, I loved it. I knew how to do it, and I kept researching. So so my research kept taking me back to to chatbots. It was a many chat. So I was doing chatmatic at the moment. Um, and I was reading on chatbots and AI and all sorts of stats. So in May last year, I came across Natasha Takahashi's School of Bots, bought her course, finished it in two days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how it goes with it Natasha. Has, it has a habit of doing that. Yes. It's very addictive, <laughs> yeah. that stuff. So. You know, after those two days, I had more clarity around what I was going to do than I had in the previous five years of my career. So I had laid down the business model, which was pretty clear. I was going to do only one thing, which was chatbots and AI for only one type of client, which was established e-com brands, which already have everything sorted. They have Facebook ads, converting, email marketing, all of their structure on point. They just need somebody to come in and add chatbots to the mix. So at that point, the only thing left to do was (laughs) get really good, very fast. (laughs) And you know, you, you probably know it. Like when you get into something so advanced uh, as this, you want to add as much skill set as you possibly can to your stack because otherwise it's just, it's always going to be this other bot builder who can build a bot, then forget about it and just not get results. So after that point, I dropped everything that I was doing again. And uh, I was on top of every single many chat educator or successful figure in the industry, bought every course I could get my hands on and even one-on-ones with anybody who agreed to jump on Zoom calls with me and teach me what they knew or, you know, as much as possible. Because You're just like a sponge do- just absorbing all that information <laughs> basically. Correct. So if you see me on social media, I'm probably a little bit, I come across anti-social. That doesn't mean I don't observe and I I don't, I I just look and capture every single thing. (laughs) So I had some contacts in the industry. Um, So with my first clients, I was already working with a mini team of contractors. So I didn't have a team, but I had contractors at the beginning, you know, bot builders, developers, AI experts, data analytics experts. So I kind of put all of this framework together right now that works really well with my target market. And it's time to scale it. You know, um, I will need more full-time team members, which is why I'm currently on the hunt (laughs) for great minds with amazing attitudes. I think attitude is a, a, a big one for me. Yeah, absolutely. Who are just up for the challenge of actually sticking with me for the next one or three years and scale it. You know, I guess, I guess it gets easier when you have clarity around what you're doing and how you're going to do. But obviously clarity comes from time. experience and a lot of fire and error. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it seems like I'm interested as to how you went from accountant, accountancy, um, into, into then a fitness business. What was, what triggered you to change in that, that, that first little shift where you went to the fitness and the online business? I guess I've always been restless. And, um, so I was, I was running the family business at the moment. I started as an accountant, went, wore a lot of hats over the years. Um, I ran two big implementation projects with European funds and, um, 
I, I, I think I felt like I hit a ceiling and there was nowhere else to go upwards. Mm-hmm. And I had this passion for nutrition. I qualified myself and everything. So I knew I had all of this information in my head okay. and I wanted to do something else. So yeah, that's kind of triggered it. <laughs> and then it sounds like that restlessness and evolved <laughs> into where you want to take that knowledge. And then with that period when you were going through and saying, well, I'm going to go dive headfirst into chatbots, why, why chatbots? Why chat marketing over anything else when you were like, I need to get out of this job with Microsoft at the moment and shift into something else? What was it that allured you to that space? I was, I was signed up for a bunch of newsletters. I was following or maybe stalking a lot of people on Facebook and I kept coming, going back to chatbots. And then I was seeing this from experience. I'm a very impatient things, a uh, person with, with short-term things. So if I go onto a website and I want to ask a question because I want to buy now, if I don't get an answer, I'm not going to buy. I'm, I'm just going to not going to buy at all or somewhere else. So I felt like that had huge potential where what if I got an answer to my question or questions instantly. And what if there was somebody there? Because I have a lot of questions. I'm like, if you, if you deal with me for longer, you'll see that I'm very curious and I ask a lot of questions. So I felt like this was something that was missing from personal experience and that I was also seeing other people doing it. I couldn't tell if it was at a very high level, an exceptional level, what type of results they were getting, but I was seeing people doing this. So then I kind of connected the dots. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it also sounds like when you consumed a lot of that information and you mentioned the word clarity, and I think that's probably one of the big things of going through um, Natasha and School of Bots course is that you do get clarity around who you're going to serve and how you're going to serve them. So then, you know, you speak around... Um, helping out established e-commerce brands and in the AI space, again, how did you get to that decision where you were like, this is going to be my niche or my niche, depending on where the listeners are from, um, that you're going to focus on? How did you, how'd you get to that decision? Well, because I was reading a lot on chatbots and they were, even if it indirectly correlated with AI, I mean, I had the experience, the previous experience with what you can do with ManyChat, but there is only so much you can do with automation. Like you cannot build intents and understand, is this question being asked, asked in a specific context? Can the bot, the bot can't really understand if you're just building an automation or a keyword. So you need to take it to the next level. So then I realized that what's happening right now with conversational AI is exactly what would happen, let's say, in the early 1990s with websites. Like every business now has a mobile-friendly, effective website. Otherwise, they don't exist. (laughs) So we are pretty much at a similar competitive crossroads when we look at conversational applications because we realize that it's only a matter of years um, until we will not, it would be like, unimaginable to work without the help of bots. I mean, my daughter asks Siri to do everything for her. <laughs> it's, it's just. That's I an mean, insight into the future generations, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. So, you know, if, if now people's impression of your brand has to do with what they see on your website, for example, and particularly mobile website, because everybody's on their mobile, when the conversation first future um, arrives, it will actually be the effectiveness of your bot, how people perceive your brand. So how much value and how fast can you deliver that value to your audience? So, you know, I mm-hmm. guess the real reason why I decided to, to do what I do now is because I'm here to ride the trend from the beginning. <laughs> 
and get really good at it for when my target market realizes that there, there's no going around chatbots. And, you know, not all businesses, just like Natasha says, not all businesses are ready for a chatbot at the moment. But those who are need to get on top of it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's actually a really good point and probably brings me to my next question around when people talk AI and yep. and and even a step before that, talk about chatbots, it's almost like people's either eyes glaze over or <laughs> they have this kind of like envisage around this robot that's a poor, clunky back-end system that doesn't give the answer, sends people around in circles, breaks, and then has the risk of giving people a poor experience and a poor first impression of the brand. So before we delve into the nitty-gritty around AI, how do you then deal with those objections around that? Because that must be something that you come up against a lot. Well, I guess not as much as you'd think, um, because it, it depends a lot on the type of brands that I personally approach as an agency owner. And when I do my research for a brand that I want to approach and work with, I usually have a look at what they do and try to understand, do these people know what chatbots are? Can I have a conversation where I don't have to explain to them what chatbots are, but we are all, we are skipping a few steps and we're talking about how can this add to their existing business and performance? But you're right. There are some business owners and people who have had bad experiences with I guess bot builders who build a bot and forget about it. And you know, a, a bot, if you just build it and forget about it, it's just like a website with no traffic. Just nothing, nothing is going to happen. So, um, I guess, you know, conver- conversations, um, really go nowhere unless people actually perceive them as useful. So I think that's where we need to step in and have people help, you know, businesses have better conversations with, with their audience. Yeah, actually that's just that point around, um, targeting the right people that are ready in that space. That's actually a a really thing that I don't think enough people talk about, uh, when they're considering that because you're right, not every business is, is ready for a chatbot. Not everyone is ready for AI, but the right businesses are ready and already suffering those pain points that you can potentially help with a solution. And you know, the, the majority of businesses are still caught up in the old business centric mentality where they think that consumers have to follow their process where they can blast their entire email list with the same offer, you know, bother people when they're busy to just put another offer in front of them um, without even offer them a slightest, I don't know, personalized experience where we've now moved into what I call the new way consumers purchase online. And at the core of that new way actually sits the conversation first future that I talked about earlier, where consumers want to be treated like a person. They want to buy on their terms and their timeline and they want to engage when they want to engage. And they want an experience that is not only personalized, but hyper personalized to their needs, right? And and mm. if that's not, not enough, they want things now. <laughs> like, just get it for me right now. Yeah, I, I think that's where consumers are shifting and people and businesses need to be aware of that. Not only just because they want that answer now, but also because it becomes a revenue type thing that like if they don't get that answer now, then you lose that potential lead, you lose that potential sale and it starts to impact the bottom line. So let's jump into that that AI space. And um, 
artificial intelligence combined with chatbots. A lot of people might be familiar with some of the basic premises that you can use in ManyChat and you can reply to certain keywords, keywords that people type, keywords in comments even as well. Yep. How are you then building on top of that? What what sort of solutions are you building and what sort of things are you seeing that businesses are needing in their business to make sure that the customers have that good experience? Right. So I guess let me give you an example of how, like, I guess a, a use case where chatbots and AI would work together, right? So imagine somebody interacts with your brand and they have a few questions and they just want to buy now, but they have a few questions. So if your customer support team is sleeping at 2 a.m., that person won't get their answer until maybe early next day. But the thing is that people are not willing to wait anymore. Like they're not, according to a Forrester research, they're not willing to wait more than two minutes. I would personally bring that down to a minute if I look at it from a personal standpoint. So by the time your team has woken up and provided an answer to that initial question and guaranteed that person has more than one question before they buy, that person has already gone to the next best option, which is usually your competitor. And if that competitor had a bot that answered queries instantly, that maybe offered to design a custom product recommendation for them in less than 60 seconds. And this is just chatbots for until, until here. You know, maybe gave them a coupon and even offered to remind them tomorrow to come back and buy so they don't miss out on the offer. Well, guess what? <laughs> now you've just lost the customer. Now, furthermore, if that same brand that managed to get your customer in the first place, then continues to add value to this customer, being mindful of what they want to see in their inbox from the brand and when, maybe even engage with them in fun activities like test your knowledge, educative quizzes, all sorts of things, and even have the bot actually chat with the person and understand intent, um, do small talk. Um, and one of the, the frequently implemented use case that we are doing now with AI for our clients is actually have the bot look up their order. Like all e-commerce businesses, this is one of their biggest problems. Where's my order? And they don't know where the email is and they don't know how to track it and they don't have a an order number and they just like go all crazy on the customer support team because where is my email? Where is my order? Right. So what we're doing is that we're having the bot take their email. I mean, they know what's the email they place their order with. They it like, and Facebook even helps them pre-populate it. So if it is the same email, it is just a matter of one tap and then the bot takes their email, goes into Shopify, looks it up, comes back and tells them the order status. So I guess that's one of the frequent AI use case that we implement for, for e-commerce um, clients. And if you go back to the, to the, you know, the example, now that brand just got itself a long-term customer that you should have had in the first place. So, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, yeah. um, um, before uh, I, I was interested at the start when you were actually talking about AI, like when I think AI in, in chat marketing, I think answering questions, FAQs, getting order updates. But yeah. you actually also spoke about before the sale and understanding, um, you know, where the people are at, like, us giving them quizzes, giving them um, competitions, exactly. vouchers, stuff like that. So it's actually uh, AI is actually a, a much bigger thing than probably what people are envisaging. Is that is that a yes. right assumption? Yes, correct. And what we're doing behind the scenes is that we're collecting all of that data, whether that's just an automation or the chatbot or AI. We're storing all the data 
we're tracking user behavior so that we can kind of spit back a hyper-personalized experience for that particular, because we know that they told us they want to do this and that they're, and they're, they're 30 years old and they live in Canada and so on and so forth. So this kind of goes much deeper than just chatbots and AI at the point where the chatbot is connected to the user's entire history, then you're able to give people a completely different experience with the brand. That's fascinating. I love getting into um, how this all fits <laughs> together. So tell us a little bit around um, how you piece all of this together. Before we maybe jump into the tools, maybe um, mm-hmm. how you decide where AI will play a role in that customer conversation. How do you map that out in someone's business? Well, it's it's funny because so far we've been adding AI a few months into working with with a client. So we we usually kick it off. So we we get a new client up and running in seven days or less. So. So far, we've been implementing AI as of month three or four or even six, depending, you know, how fast the brand moves, um, how many moving pieces they have, how many campaigns and how many we have to work with. What I'm doing now is I'm kind of switching up because I see such a great potential in AI and where we were so far starting to do AI development as of month, let's say five and start training the AI. Now we're actually going to lead with it from, from the beginning because that changes the experience that people have with the brand and it allows us to automate faster from the beginning. And, you know, obviously I, I, I think I, I personally as an agency didn't have all of the resources to kick things off so fast so far, but building all of this framework always on top of it, now I can do that. So we're actually shifting towards implementing AI from month one and leading with it. Okay. And then what tools are you, so, you know, most people will be using a chatbot program, whether it be ManyChat, Chatfield, Chatomatic, whatever. What are you, what what other programs are you using to be able to amplify that? Because there's only so far you can go in those programs. Yes. So we are only using ManyChat for um, chatbots and automation. And then we're training the AI inside of Dialogflow. So Dialogflow is Google's AI, um, integrates very nicely with uh, ManyChat um, through Janice AI. So that's pretty much how we do it. I mean, uh, probably harder the first few times, but then <laughs> it gets pretty straightforward. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that once you've gradually implemented it with someone, you can replicate a lot of that across Correct. The other yes. businesses so we've, as well. We've templatized and documented every single step so that anybody who comes in to my agency, for example, can simply follow. I mean, obviously they, they do have to, be knowledgeable and have advanced chatbot skills. But if somebody already knows how to be chatbots, it's going to be fairly easy for them to learn how to implement AI in the beginning and then train the, train, uh, the brain. Okay, that's that's an interesting point around learning AI because I think um, there's some chat marketers here that, that, uh, that will be listening that are um, build bots for people and are like, I know I need to get there because there's some questions that commonly come up that have been asked in different ways or I wish that I could do things like like getting someone's order status and order update. Um, yeah. How did you learn? How did you delve into this space and start to figure out how it all is all pieced together? Is that Does that skill set go back to your accountancy days and work with Microsoft <laughs> or did you just, were you just in that sponge mode where you were just, learning and then just implementing? I am always in a sponge mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so when, um, when I decided, so when I figured out my business model, I also knew that anything that anybody knows how to do in my agency, I have to know first. So back in May or June last year, 
I started playing with dialogue flow, building my first intent. And like, I wasn't doing like a very advanced stuff, but I figured out how it works by myself. And then when I was already running my agency with clients, I didn't have to really figure it out by myself at the advanced level. I just had to pay somebody who knew really well what they were doing, come in, implement, document everything for me, and that's it. Okay, perfect. And then so when um, we're talking around connecting dialogue flow with ManyChat, for instance, can you give some behind the scenes on how the chatbot processes, let's say, a, um, a question. What is what is the steps that a question comes into the inbox that then you go through the process as to where that answer is drawn from? So we use Slack to train, to train the brain. So all of the unanswered questions are going to go into Slack and then we're going to train the bot right in Slack and then build on that particular intent. And we categorize intents, whether that has to do with a specific bucket or another. And that's that's how it works. So it's pretty straightforward. It's not, I, I think anybody can actually work this out. And there's documentation. Um, Janice um, has a lot of documentation. They have templates that you can just buy and use, e-com templates as well. So at the end of the day, is. I think just being in the sponge mode and mm. figuring out how things work and trial and error. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's true. And, and that's also when you say, when people say, I'm going to train my chatbot, a lot of people think that, you <laughs> You're know. You're actually in Slack. <laughs> yeah, You're just Slack yeah. talking to a bot in Slack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's um, uh, something that can, can we – delve into that a little bit as to how that kind of works because I think people think that, you know, they're training like a, a six-month-year-old puppy and they're gradually <laughs> teaching it how to do different things and giving it treats and rewards as it as it performs different things. So so how, when you're in Slack, what sort of things are you doing and how is it learning from you? How are you training that? We are basically feeding it the right answer if that makes sense. So all of the, usually the automation inside ManyChat, we're, we're at the point where it already handles around 75% to 80% already of the queries. Wow. So the point where questions now go in Slack is just the unanswered questions that have typos or stuff like that. So we already had the answers because they've pretty much been mapped out by the client and they're frequently asked page. And then we already know pretty much what answer we need to feed back into the AI. So they understand like here we had a typo, but it was supposed to be this. So next time they're going to understand that this didn't, this was actually a typo and it's still in the same context and it needs to be in this bucket where people ask around, you know, is this keto friendly? Is this, you know, whatever else. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I think it confuses a lot of people when you're like, it just learns, and you're like, well, how does it learn? Um, and 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 that's interesting. You're just literally um, just feeding it the right answer. Um, again, we're using a lot of like um, feeding a pet type analogies here. It's kind of like how to train your dragon type stuff. Um, and so then one thing you mentioned that you work with the business to come up with the right answers to the questions. Um, how do you draw that information from the business? Where do you start and how do you do that research around this is how we're going to respond to this potential question or this is the answer to this potential question? There are a few ways we can go around this. Obviously, initially, they feed us their entire um customer support documents. Uh, they may have a frequently asked question page where we usually start. Then we have all of that documentation. We work with their team directly to optimize the bot initially. And the person who is dedicated to this usually understands the brand, understands what they deal with. Also, because I'm only dealing with beauty and fitness brands, 
where I know what I'm talking about. There's things that are just common sense and we are going to know how to answer. What we don't know how to answer, then the client is going to help. So all of the unanswered questions also go to a Google sheet that the client has access to. So whatever question we don't know the answer for, we're just going to tag um, the client in there and they're just going to pop the question and that's it. Pop the answer. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you know, you're training it, you're recording all of the unanswered questions as well. And is then, is that then how you build a long-term relationship with your clients going forward to be able to have that, that before we were recording here, we we're talking about changing that shifting from project based to ongoing month to month retainer based with clients. Is that then what you're doing with yes. them each month in, in training this a little bit further, but also adapting that and evolving it even, even further? Correct. So our main KPIs revolve around automating customer support, at least 80% of it, designing campaigns that drive revenue and hyper-personalized experiences, but also collect assets under the form of phone numbers and emails for our clients that we'll then leverage under an omni-channel approach. And you're familiar with all the changes that are coming now with iOS 14. Now Google is stopping using cookies as of 2022 completely. So there really isn't a better time for these brands to look at many chat, like people spend around 10 minutes chatting with, uh, in many chat. If you create an engaging conversation in those 10 minutes, you can extract phone number email, so much data around that person, then you can then leverage to provide them their experiences. So our delivery um, is not just customer support automation. I mean, I know, I know that's what we focus so far, but <laughs> our delivery is basically training people and the audience that it is in Messenger that where all the fun takes place, where everything happens. And we actually had a, a very cool experience of a funny one with one of our clients where we created a campaign and we were using multiple entry points to get people into Messenger. One entry point was the client's SMS list. We ran some tests, broadcasted, tests went well. Then when the broadcast went out, the link was broken. So it was like, all of this engaging copy, click the link below to find out. We hadn't even mentioned click to find out in Messenger. It was just <laughs> click the link to find out. And the click, the link wasn't working. So obviously when, when we saw that broadcast flopped, we went a little bit anxious. But what happened in the next couple of minutes, we saw a huge influx of people going straight to Messenger to find out what was going on. That was probably the the funniest thing and obviously the best thing that could happen because we had added details and entry points to that campaign and the flow across all the bots. So they just simply couldn't miss it. Just started to click around and we saw then the thousands of people going through the flow even though the broadcast had failed. So I guess, um, yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's a, um, a good way to promote the power of message and how many, but also <laughs> how many people are going using that as hang on, something's wrong here. And exactly. my first point of call isn't going to the website, isn't email. It's going to messenger to be able to do that. Exactly. Because they, they had known for a few months that we were doing a bunch of cool stuff in Messenger, building quizzes, engaging challenges, uh, new product launches. So we were doing everything in Messenger. So they just knew where it was happening. Yeah, I love I love this stuff. Like I kind of nerd <laughs> and geek out on um, these things. You mentioned a stat earlier where you were saying about 75 to 80% of customer queries are answered now by yes. your chatbots. Now that you're, you know, you're getting to that critical mass of answering questions, 
um, what is next for AI? Is it enhancing the pre um, the pre purchase and the ongoing personalization? Is that the next step for you? Yes. So a lot of our clients are are focused on delivering a a, a better customer experience throughout the entire customer journey, pre-purchase and post-purchase. So we have a lot of campaigns going out like 10 minutes after people have purchased where we're giving them, you know, all sorts of value recipe books and just non-salesy, um, to say so, <laughs> messages, right? And pre-purchase, we are on top of them to answer any questions that they have about the product, about the shipping, about do you deliver to Canada? Do you deliver there? How long is it going to take? All of that stuff. Then do you have a coupon? And then we deliver them a coupon that maybe expires in like 24 hours. And we also offer them to remind them and they can choose. Remind me in two hours, remind me four hours, remind me tomorrow. And you will be surprised how many people ask to be reminded and then buy because people just forget. It's not that they don't want to buy. They just forget. <laughs> yeah, people have lives. I think we forget exactly. <laughs> that like, people are just always going to be glued to their their phones to have a conversation with our business. They don't care. <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, They've got their own lives to deal with. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's important to, to realise that we get into their inboxes with their permission. So they ask us to be, to remind them. They ask us to notify them when this new sale drops or this new product drops or, you know, whatever. So we are always mindful about what they want to see in their inbox. And we make sure that we don't um, have high frequency of buy this and buy this and buy this. And like, maybe they're not even interested in that particular product. So talking about um, the that pre-purchase and you mentioned that personalization and ongoing relationship, do you think chatbots are one of the best ways to actually create a personalized relationship with customers in 2021 and going forward? Absolutely. And the fastest way. And I think people don't have the patience. I mean, nobody wants to call anymore. Let's be honest. People pretty much ignore emails, but they all have Facebook Messenger on their phone. So they're just going to pull it and just ask a question. Or if we're talking personalization, one of the first things that we do for a new lead coming into the bot, we usually offer to build a custom product recommendation for them. And that usually means asking them a lot of questions about themselves, like age, UV exposure, are you vegan, are you not? And we record all of that data. So in the future, we're able to turn that data pretty much against them. Like, hey, Liz, you mentioned you were a vegan. Have you checked our vegan collagen booster, for example? And all sorts of things that makes people feel valued and that they cannot get from a customer support. Like if, you, if they talk to a customer support team, that person is not going to remember next month that this person is vegan. They, they just, <laughs> it is what it is. So that's, that's, I guess, where this personalization comes into place, but also knowing, um, you know, we, we track a lot of stuff inside the bot, like lead score. How engaged is this person with the bot? If they're very engaged, we might put a, an upsell in front of them or stuff like that. So there is so much we can do with Messenger and more so, uh, Instagram and WhatsApp are coming soon. So. Very soon, e-commerce brands will have the option that on that bubble they have on the top, on the bottom right corner, when people click on it, they can be prompted, how would you like to communicate with this business? Messenger, Instagram, WhatsApp, or SMS? And they choose their platform. So when they choose the platform for the beginning, we already know where, where to engage with them. So we don't have to hammer them on all channels because... They like Instagram, so that's where we're going to engage with them. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's also another element to AI that is is undervalued as well, is knowing where to communicate with that person. I know a, exactly. a lot of people, you know, omnichannel is a big thing, but some people, some customers, that is, 
just don't like to be hounded on different channels. They like to be just communicated on one or maybe two, but they might hate SMS or something like that. So even understanding where to have that conversation is something that can be incredibly undervalued. Um, Yeah. Like I said, these conversations, I think, just unlock the and show the power of how chatbots can build that relationship. And I think more people are starting to learn that, but it's still some people need to get there to understand that, you know, this is the way that we're going to be having ongoing communication with our customers going forward. And we need to be aware of that. And we need to be aware that it's also a a revenue generating, scaling, moving the needle in our business type tactic as well. Um, you've spoken about, you know, going from accountancy and, and starting your own online business and then, um, getting into chatbots. Looking back on that, um, where would you be if you know you hadn't come across chatbots or decided that you know this was something I'm going to pursue and I'm going to be that sponge mode and absorb all that information? Where would you be if chatbots hadn't come around? I would most likely have an e-com store. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty confident. I was. I, I started one at the mo- at, at some point. Um, but then I just, I was doing a bunch of things at the same time. So I built my Shopify store, but then I just didn't do anything with it. <laughs> but I feel like over the years and everything that I'm doing now, funnily enough, combines everything that I've trialed in the last five to six years. So I'm going back to, a lot of the platforms that I tried and I'm, I'm just reactivating my old accounts. And it's funny that everything falls back into place um, with chatbots. So I guess, yeah, the easiest, uh, the shortest answer is I would most likely have a Shopify store in either the beauty or the fitness space. Yeah. Well, and uh, you seem to be someone that um, evolves and also, um, is fascinated with learning full transparency. Um, I came across yourself in Clubhouse, um, which is another yeah. new app that we're, um, <laughs> we're getting involved a lot on. Um, and uh, has that been a space that, you know, you've connected with other different chat marketers and learned different things as well? Um, is, are you putting that into part of your little sponge journey as well? Um, well, I, no. <laughs> the shortest answer is no. <laughs> How, I, how are you, how are you utilizing Clubhouse? I'm interested. Well, I got, so I had an invite from Manuel Suarez. I'm in his course as well. Like I told you, I'm in everybody's course. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, he sent me an invite. I got there with the purpose of learning more about chat marketing. Um, then I realized that I am not really finding out anything new. So. I joined a few rooms and I'm like, oh, I know all this stuff and all this stuff. I'm still like listening from behind, but I just ha- don't have the patience to listen to the things that I already know. So with Clubhouse, I'm really, um, I think I'm, 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 I'm stalking the rooms where we have Ty Lopez and Naval Ravikant and, uh, Brian Cardone <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I, I- <laughs> I think there's actually a lot of people that start to utilize or use it um, in that method as well that are a lot more picky with the rooms that they're joining as opposed to as just jump into anything, see what the conversation's about, get involved, listen to it for a bit, jump onto the next one. Whereas now it's like if the headline or the or the title of the room isn't appealing, it's like, man, I'm on to the next one. I, so, I know. Yeah. But that's... Th- these, these are the people that interest me a lot, particularly, you know, the personal life, what they've learned. Ty Lopez has learned, has read so many books. I bought all of his courses, <laughs> Grant Cardone's as well. Yeah. So I'm just on top of them um, because I'm obviously going to take my business further. Mm. Grant Cardone knows what he's doing with money. Mm. So, you know, I, 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 I'm still a sponge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that might answer my, my next question around, always ask this um, to guess around how much of your success comes down to hard work and how much comes down to just pure luck and being in the right place at the right time. I have never had luck in my life. <clears throat> mm. um, I, 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 don't, I don't think people should sit around waiting for luck. Um, you might get lucky, but usually when you 
make your own luck, you're usually going to achieve in one year what you could have done in 10 years. So just hammering one after the other. Accepting failure, like I've failed so many times in the last six years, I cannot even tell you. But every failure, when I when I saw it coming, I was like, I know what I'm doing next. <laughs> so I know luck is um, it didn't work out for me. It's a no. It's a no from me. It's a no from me. I like it. <laughs> I love that. Um, Liz has been a great chat. Is there anything I haven't asked you yet? Do you think um, the audience would find valuable? Good question. I don't. I don't think so. Um, I think we're living in a great time at the moment. Um, I think if we're looking at in at the past and and all the things that have happened since the internet, I think everything that can be done will be done. And chatbots and AI are already being done. So I think one thing to take into consideration, you know, for marketers, business owners, is that being first always pays dividends. I love that. Yep. Very, very good point to finish on. Um, Liz, I'm fascinated to watch your um, your skills and your journey, your business develop even further. Um, you mentioned, obviously, that you're growing the team as well. Um, if there are some marketers out there that are looking to partner up with you, where can people, either those ones or just people wanting to follow you and contact you um, and learn more about what you do, where can they find out more about you? Fastest and easiest way is to look me up on LinkedIn. I am there most of the times these days. Um, they can look me up under Lisiana Carter or our website, which is grow with a zero dot online. So okay. grow dot online. Perfect. All right. We'll put all those links in the show notes as well, folks, so you can scroll across and then just tap on the links there and go um, and connect with Liz. Hey, like I said, uh, I love these kinds of chats. I think it just unlocks the capacity and capabilities of what chatbots can do for businesses, where chatbots are going and being ahead of the game. And, and that's why I love chatting to people like yourself and um, congratulations on what you've done so far and being, you know, that using that hard work, being that sponge to then be able to implement some of the skills. I think a lot of people will have taken a lot out of today's episode in just understanding how AI is bigger than just a clunky robot that can't answer your question (laughs) at the end of the day. So uh, I really appreciate your time, Liz. Um, Thanks so much again for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Well, that was an enthralling interview with Liz. Uh, If you're like me and you like all things nerdy and geeky, then no doubt you got a lot out of it or got as much out of it as I did. All the show notes, links, resources that were mentioned in today's episode are at marketingpodcast.chat forward slash session 20. 